0: Amen, amen, amen. He is worthy of our praise today. Amen? Amen. 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 I am again so incredibly thankful for you and your participation here at Praise Assembly. We are into that season where we recognize Jesus Christ's death and look forward to and pay attention to and remember and recognize what it means that Jesus Christ also rose from the dead. Yes.
1: Easter is here in two weeks, so there are a few things that we want to make sure that you know. One, today is the last day to sign up for baptism on Easter Sunday. We are excited to celebrate baptisms with people that day. So if you have not had a chance to follow the Lord in water baptism and you'd like to do it two weeks from today, please sign up today. You can go to the website at praiseassembly.org forward slash sign up and sign up for that right now. Second, our Good Friday service will be again this year on Good Friday. That will be April 19th at 6.30 p.m. That is one of our favorite services of the year, and we want you to join us here for that. So again, that's 6.30 p.m. on April 19th. Our elementary age kiddos will be with us, but we will have child care for nursery and preschool during that service, so make sure to be here. And third, we will have our Easter celebration on Sunday morning, April 21st. We want to invite you to join us at 9 a.m. for breakfast. We're going to have a continental breakfast in the lobby. There will be no Sunday schools or evening activities that day, To make, but make sure to be here for food and fellowship at 9 and then for our Easter celebration at 10 a.m.
0: Man, that was awesome, right? She nailed that. <laughs> I'm going to ask our ushers to go ahead and come forward at this time. We are going to take up the second of these offerings that are about paying down our facilities, but they are also about going beyond paying down our facilities. As much as we want to pay off these facilities and be debt-free, that is in order that we might better be able to facilitate our continuing debt of love to our community. And I believe that the Lord has called us to this northeast corner of Springfield, and I believe that he is furthering our heart To that end, if we bury our hearts here by burying our treasure here, I have no doubt that along with that will come great things. And so thank you so much uh, for your faithful giving already. I believe that there are some we already... We had set that we were going to take up four offerings once the, the first week of every month all the way leading up to June. I believe that we're going to pay this mortgage off in May instead. And so our goal today is to cross that $50,000 mark. And so that's what I'm hoping and expecting and have been praying for in order that that might set us up for that first week of May. To be able to hit the rest of that in order to pay that facility, pay the facility off. And that goal that we're aiming for by that first week of May is about $62,000 so if we cross 50 this year or this month, then it'll set us up for that next one. And so thank you so much for your faithfulness and giving. And those of you who are still waiting for that, uh, uh, even your tax returns, I know some had told me, hey, listen, I haven't been able to give yet because we're waiting for our tax returns. We felt like God told us to give a portion of that. And so um, uh, it, don't worry. We're going to give you another chance through May. If you haven't done your taxes yet, you better get them done because, like, they're due soon. <laughs> But with that said, we'll be finishing this up in May. I am convinced of that. And the sooner we pay it off, if we can pay it off before summer, that just better helps us to be able to um, uh, facilitate ministry here at Praise Assembly. And so thank you so much for that. Let's pray over this, and then I'm going to ask our ushers to go ahead and serve. Father, we do, just again, give glory to your name. You are worthy of all today. You are worthy. And so what we do here, God, is something that comes from that, Our eyes being set on you. Our hearts being set upon you. And God, we just pray that in this, Lord, you would further that end. Help us more and more to have our treasure buried here on this northeast corner. That we might give up all in order to buy it up. We thank you for it. Help us to have that passion. Help this church to more and more stir us up to love, oh God, I ask. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Ushers, if you would, go ahead and begin to serve today. All right, and even as those ushers are serving i will take this opportunity um, to mention a few things we are finishing up our series here called uh, uh, vision and values here at praise assembly where we're talking about our vision for those things that we see in the near future and even in the present but also the values that inform those those things that we feel deeply and and as part of that then it informs our, our, our purpose, our, our mission, our purpose, our vision, and that's our values, right? Um, but even as we're doing that, uh, I do want to just mention, I told you previously that we were going to be ending where we should have begun. And I'm I, really, truly, you'll see what I mean by that in just a moment. We should have begun with that which we're starting or we're speaking, I'm speaking on today. But with that said, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, This last week, I have received um, some feedback from statements that I may have made last week concerning (laughs) one household pet (laughs) over and against another household pet. So having received that feedback (laughs) and the theology of cats and dogs notwithstanding, I do feel as if an apology would be of value here. So, this week, I spent... minutes (laughs) (laughs) researching and digging into the types of apologies that are acceptable within our culture today surprisingly there were many and so I have prepared an apology For you today, I deeply regret if you were offended (laughs) by any statements I may or may not have made in the past concerning any beloved household pets. Said statements would not be representative of the values of Praise Assembly. There is no established policy here on the matter. And they do not speak to who I am today. So, what I'm trying to say is I wouldn't change a thing <laughs> going back on this series. Wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> oh, this has been a fun series. It's also been a deep a theological series. It's been a type of series where I have, week after week, we've covered a lot of scripture. Like, every week. And we've been moving fast. And if you're the type of person who follows along in the Bible as I'm reading. It's been more difficult during this series than probably other series that I've done. Often my preference and and my typical style is to dive into one scripture, pinpoint, and see what that scripture has to speak to us today. Um, but then there are times when it is more appropriate to look at the breadth of scripture. And this is the type of series where I felt like that was necessary, where where if, this, if these are values that inform our mission and our purpose and our vision, then, then we need to make sure, first off, that it has deep roots in Scripture, right? And then more than that, we want to make sure that we, as, looking, our, as we are looking at it, that we have a well-rounded view of what that's supposed to look like. And so this has been more theological in nature. We've, we've covered a lot of Scriptures to say, sometimes very little, it seems, um, But that's intentional and if nothing else it's important for me to do that okay so it was important for me to bring that out so let me kind of walk you through because today's going to be the same let me kind of walk you through where we've been so far okay through these values number one the best work moves outward number two substance over style always number three maturity ever moves and then last week number four we feel truly Deeply. And today's really kind of brings those things all together and kind of speaks to each of them. And that is knowing Christ is the summit and the source of life. Knowing Christ is the summit and the source of life. And when I say that this kind of brings all of these things together, it speaks to all of them. Any good value system, what you'll find is that there's one that kind of sits at the, at the core of it, at the key of it, and then the others kind of easily flow out of that. So here's what I mean by that. If we were to reorganize these and start with where we are today, if we would have begun there, which I think it's appropriate that we're ending there instead, but if we had begun there, it would have been knowing Christ is the summit and the source of life, the most important thing about us is our inner relationship with Jesus Christ. Not your circumstances, not your situation, not your salary. The most important thing about you and about me is my inner relationship with Jesus Christ. From that relationship with Jesus Christ, then he changes me on the inside. My feelings follow suit, and so I feel truly and deeply. He changes me there, but it doesn't stop there. The best work moves outward. It always moves outward. And so to that end as well, maturity ever moves. And so as a church, if this is the case, then we will not be focused on external trappings. But instead, we will always focus on the substance of the heart. We will always pursue the heart. We will always be about substance over style. Always. So you see how one speaks to and kind of informs the rest of them. But it all comes back to knowing Christ is the summit and the source of life. If you would, grab your Bibles today because I want to dive into this. And I'm going to just tell you right up front what we're going to be doing today. Because this is, <laughs> this is the kind of thing <laughs> legitimately, well, all of these values are legitimately things that we could spend months digging into every single Sunday. We could do a series on each and every one of these values and dive into them and look at them from different angles and poke at them with our faith and with Scripture and say, what does this look like in this situation? And hopefully at some point we will, if Jesus Christ gives us opportunity to do that. But today, I don't have time for all of that. And yet there is so much that could be said on this idea. And so instead, all I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what I mean by... Jesus Christ is the summit and the source, knowing Christ is the summit and the source of life. And then I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about what it actually means to know Christ, what that actually looks like on a very basic level. And then I'm going to end with a, an encouragement and a caution. Okay, so that's kind of where we're headed today. So once you have your Bibles, if you would open them up to Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3. I said something a few weeks back that, boy, I hope it caught you off guard or at the very least it, it stuck in your brain and you took the time to examine it with scripture. And then after examining it with scripture, if you found truth in it, that it changed the way you think about your faith. Because whether you recognize it or not, it was a deep theological statement that a lot of times I think we miss. I don't know if you have the same issue, but when I try to wash a blanket in the washer and dry it in the dryer, all the stuffing kind of moves to the same spots, gets lumpy. And I hate lumpy blankets. But there's a way that you can keep your blanket from getting lumpy when you do that. It's genius. You take a shoe, you stick it in a pillowcase, tie a knot in the pillowcase, and throw it in the dryer with that blanket. And the the shoe rattling around inside the dryer just hits the blanket over and over and over again and it keeps it from getting lumpy. I don't know how it works exactly, but that's exactly what happens. And I hope that this truth did that to your faith. I hope it's been rattling around in your brain and rattling around in your heart because it has it in mine, and it has changed my faith from a lumpy thing to something that is much more natural. The statement was this: the goal of your spiritual disciplines is not spiritual maturity. The goal of prayer is not spiritual maturity. The goal of reading the Bible is not spiritual maturity. The goal of fasting is not spiritual maturity. The goal of worship is not spiritual maturity. The goal is knowing Christ Jesus. Maturity is the fruit that comes from that goal. Okay? That is a deep theological truth which will change the way you think about things. So I encourage you to poke at it, look at it in light of scripture and scripture in light of that statement and see if it holds up. And if so, that should change the way that you think and pray and read and live. So for today, we're in Philippians chapter 3. I read this passage two weeks ago during that series or during that maturity ever moves. And I started in verse 12, but I want to back up because I referenced what came before, but I never actually read it. And so that's where I want to start today, as we talk about knowing Christ is the summit and the source of faith. I want to speak to that really quick by reading in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. This is what Paul said. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Becoming like him in death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Paul says, I am pressing in. What is he pressing into? He is not pressing into maturity. We know that because down in verse 13 he says, I am mature. He says, all of us who are mature ought to think this way. So he is not pressing into maturity. He is also not pressing into perfection. Because in verse 12, it says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. He is not pressing towards perfection. What then is he pressing into? Well, it says right in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That's it. For Paul, he says, I do not yet know him the way I want to. And I will press ever into knowing him more. And he says, anything that does not serve that end, anything that otherwise I would have called awesome, but now I look at in light of the idea of knowing him, if it's anything that doesn't serve that end, verse uh, 9, let me get back there, verse 9, verse 8, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. What is he pressing into? What is he casting all things off and calling them rubbish for? In order that I might know Christ and the power of his resurrection. That I might know him more and more. This is the great summit that we ever climb for. To know him better every single day. And this is also the battle that we have every single day. I know because I had it this morning on my way in. I'm driving and the enemy would come to me and keep my mind off of Christ and throw distractions into my mind. And I had to battle against him in order to know Christ afresh and anew today. Every single day, this is the battleground. Will I know Christ? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul says that this is what Satan seeks to do. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. This is where the enemy fights his battle. Do you know Christ? Truly do you know him? And do you know him today? Do you know him afresh and anew today? Because the enemy would seek to fight that battle against you. This is our struggle. This is our front. This is where the battleground is. And if we think it's any other place then the enemy has already won. If we think that we battle him around sin. That is because he has moved us off of what is truly important. Which is knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. And why would he get you to sin? But that you might not know Christ. So if you think the battle is over sin, it's not. Your battle is over knowing Christ Jesus, your Lord. Know him. Know him. It's the grand summit. And any lesser aim is not worth it. Because if you aim for Christ, you get all else. If you aim for something lesser, you miss Christ. So aim for Christ. Know him. This is the grand summit we will ever climb. Every day I want to know him and know him more. Paul was at the end of his life and he says, I'm pressing into knowing him more and the power of his resurrection. Know Christ. It is the great summit. Our fight is in the middle of John chapter 15. Abiding in Christ Jesus. And he says, and this is beautiful. What a promise. That as we abide in Christ Jesus... That our maturity is a fruit, that love is a fruit, that joy is a fruit, that peace is a fruit. What are the fruits of the Spirit but fruits? John chapter 15, he says this very thing, he says, abide in me, that's where the battle is. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing nothing. Verse 9, he continues on. He says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be full. Okay, that's beautiful. Because if we fight the battle in abiding in Christ Jesus, then the love flows from it. The sap from him to us is joy. That's where we fight the battle. Knowing him daily, abiding in him daily, and everything else flows from it. So he is the great summit, but he is also the grand source from which all of those things come from him to me. So press into Christ Jesus, because he is the summit And the source, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, the cornerstone and the capstone. He is all. So he is your great summit. Keep striving, keep climbing, keep fighting to know him more every single day. And all else will flow from him. He is your source beautiful, but it all comes down to knowing Christ. And what in the world does that look like? Because we use this kind of language regularly, right? It's not about religion, it's about relationship, we say. But then we never actually define it. What does it look like to know Christ Jesus daily? Well, that alone, (laughs) we could spend months And years on, and never plumbed the depths of. But let me give you two very simple things. Two very simple things. Because your experience and my experience is not the disciples' experience. For the disciples, they lived with him, and they saw him, and they knew him, and they touched him. But for you and for me, our experience is different. I have never seen Jesus Christ. I've seen pictures. I've seen portraits. I've seen paintings. But I've never seen Jesus. And Peter talks about this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Here's what he says there about our experience. Though you have not seen him, We have not seen him with our eyes. We talk about knowing Christ. It is not with our eyes that we see him. But though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Obtaining the outcome of your faith. The salvation of your souls. What is he saying here? He's saying that you cannot see Christ physically. However, by faith you can know him. Did you know that Jesus is in this room right now? Not figuratively. Not like you would say when a dear friend departs and you would say, Oh, I have them still in my memories and in my heart. Literally. Jesus is in this room right now. In John chapter 14. Verse 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you also will live. We only see him by faith. And I don't see him in the room right now, but he is here. And I know that by faith. Scripture says it. And so by faith, I know that he is here. Because we can't see him by faith, we believe. And anytime you might seek to know Jesus Christ, you will have to by faith. It will always be by faith. But it is not only by faith. It is by faith through the Holy Spirit. Because just backing up a few verses, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. What is Jesus saying? You will know me through the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot know me apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, you cannot even say from the depths of your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. So you will know him by faith. You will see him by faith through the Holy Spirit. In, in the next chapter, verse 5, 26, it says, But when the Helper comes, what's he going to do? Whom I, tell this, uh, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. The only way we will ever know Christ Jesus is through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it is by faith, through the Spirit, that we will know Christ Jesus. So that means he is here today. And whether you believe that or not will say a whole lot about how much you know Jesus Christ. Is he in the room by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit? Is he here right now? Because if he is, then you can know him. So it will ever be by faith through the Spirit. And we could dig in more. And we could look more and more about how we might know Christ Jesus, but truly, (laughs) it would take us years to dig into the scriptures. Scripture after scripture after scripture even Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 just this passage For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Just diving into that one passage of scripture could take us decades. And we would not exhaust the depths of what it means to know him. And yet, this is what we press into. This is what we seek daily to know more. This is the mountain that we climb. This is the summit that we are pushing towards, knowing this Christ Jesus. And as we do that, oh, the fruit. Oh, how he becomes the source of all things to us. Aim for Christ, and you get everything else as well. So let me end with one encouragement. And one caution about about knowing Christ. First, the encouragement. Um, If You would say, how do I actually know Christ Jesus? How do I do this daily? Where do I start? Where do I even begin? That's a really good question. I would say begin in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Which says, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling. So we know who this is talking to. The writer here is talking to believers because he says, Therefore, holy brothers, and you who share in a heavenly calling. And he says to them, consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. Now, the word consider Jesus here is not like consider a Snickers bar or a Milky Way bar. It is not a word that's like up, down, make a decision. Let me consider it quickly. The word consider here is the same word that's used in James chapter 1, verse 23, where James is talking. And he talks about a man who looks intently into a mirror. And the word look intently is this same word, consider Jesus. And he says there that he looks intently in the mirror, he examines his face, and after he examines his face, he turns around and he walks away and he forgets what he looked like. Here, this is that same word, consider Jesus. Look intently into him. Examine him. Think and realize and work on it until you know him as good as you possibly can. Consider Jesus. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 21, it actually says that the Lord revealed himself to Samuel through the word of the Lord. So where do you begin? Oh, consider Jesus. Look into scriptures. You will never know a Christ Jesus who is not the Christ Jesus who is in scripture. So know him here. Consider him here. Why do you read your Bible? should be to know Christ Jesus. And yet, it is possible to look into scriptures and know scriptures really, really well and not know Christ Jesus. Because Jesus said that to the religious leaders in John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40. He said, listen, you know these things. You know them better than anybody else. And yet you've missed the fact that the scriptures are all about me. They all point to me. You've missed it. So when you dive into Scripture, may the aim be to know Christ Jesus more and more. That is the point. As you dive in, if you know Christ, he's the image of the invisible God. You know God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit through faith. Okay? Now with that said, that's the encouragement. You want to know him, dig into scriptures, consider scriptures, stare at scriptures, look at scriptures. This is how you will know him. Okay? Now, the caution Matthew chapter 21, verse 23. This is a story from near the end of Jesus' life during the Passion Week. So, Jesus is soon to depart. This is one of the last opportunities for him to reveal himself. And here he is in this Passion Week. And he walks into the temple. And he is questioned there in Matthew chapter 21 verse 23. Here's what it says. And when he entered the temple. The chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said. By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? And Jesus answered them. I also will ask you one question. And if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John. From where did it come? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we are afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. I used to read this passage and think that it was another example of Jesus' intellectual superiority. Like silly religious leaders, you can't trap Jesus. Silly religious leaders, tricks are for kids. You know? I used to think that it was like they were trying to entrap him and he uses his theological jujitsu on them, you know? (laughs) That's what I used to think. I don't anymore. In fact, what I think is happening here now is way more profound and, quite honestly, incredibly scary. Let's walk through it. These religious leaders asked Jesus. Show us the authority by which you do these things. Where is it coming from? Who gave it to you? Jesus says, okay, I'll tell you, but you have to answer a question for me first. Where did John's baptism come from? Was it from God or did he make it up himself? And they say, oh, hold on a second. Apparently they circle up, have a little confab, and they go back and forth. And they say, well, if we say that it's from God, then he'll say, well, why didn't you listen to him? And and if we say that it's not, if it was just made up by John, then the crowd will be really unhappy with us. So they come back and tell Jesus, hey, Jesus, we just don't really know. And Jesus says to them, fine, I'm not going to tell you by which authority I do this. Now, here's what they don't discuss in that little confab. Hey, what do you think? Was John's baptism from God? Or did he make it up himself? That's never even a question in their mind. Instead it is, how will they respond if we say this? And how will they respond if we say this? They are being dishonest in their own minds. They are not even addressing the question, why? Because the implications are profound for their own faith. So they get slippery in their faith. Oh, well. Because even if they would have come back to Jesus, I wonder how Jesus would have responded if they would have come back to Jesus and said, Jesus, we really think that John really just made it up on his own. Because that's what they really truly apparently believe. But when Jesus asks them the question, they won't even address it because they're afraid of the implications. So they get slippery in their own thoughts and they start trying to slip around the question. And here's what absolutely scares me about it. What does Jesus say in response? Well, neither will I reveal to you by whose authority I am doing this. I will not reveal myself to you. I am convinced of the fact that the greatest obstacle to knowing Christ Jesus individually is a slippery mind that every time he tries to tell us something, we slip away from it. And as soon as our thoughts and our minds get slippery, then our faith gets slippery as well. This is why Peter said in 2 Peter, when he said, I'm going to die soon. And when I do, I, I'm not going to have an opportunity to tell you anything more. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this opportunity to remind you of the things that you already know in order to stir up a sincere mind in you. And Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, that the aim of our charge is a, a love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience. And What? A sincere faith, a faith that doesn't, when when the implications are uncomfortable, slips away from it. But if we are insincere in our thoughts, if we are insincere in our faith because we don't like the implications, then he will not reveal himself to us. That should scare us. And we should step back and say, oh God, where am I slippery in my thoughts? Where is it that the implications are uncomfortable, oh God, and I, as a result, slip away from those things? And as a result, I don't know you as I could. Because he wants you to know him. But oh, you gotta know him. And you got to step back, and when the thoughts get uncomfortable, still drive through. And when it results in repentance, repent, for it is worth it to know him. And any obstacle is put there by Satan. He would put obstacles in your path daily in, in order to keep you from knowing Christ Jesus. And that slipperiness in your mind, where do you think it comes from? It comes from an adulterous heart and the work of Satan in your life. Don't slip away when the truth is uncomfortable. Because you'll never know Christ Jesus. Know Jesus. It's the summit. And it's the source. And there's so much more we could say about this. I could tell you about how very clearly scripture talks about how you will never know Christ Jesus like you will know Christ Jesus in the midst of your suffering. We could talk for hours on that. Or how you will never be closer to him than you will be in your weakest moment. Because when you are weak, then his strength is made perfect. We could talk for hours about that. But I cannot say it better Then Eugene Peterson said it. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, when he said, Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. And work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I will never lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I could not say it better than that. It's the best picture of what it looks like to know Christ Jesus. I think it's beautiful. So because I can't say it any better than that, I'll talk of something else. This is my dad's honey It's from his beehives. I know because it says right on the front of it, Bochamp Apiaries. It has his phone number. I know that phone number. I've called it. I know it's good, honey. I've seen the hives. I've seen the bees. I've been stung by the bees. One time a bee made it down my pants. I won't tell you anymore. And I know it's good honey. I know because of the color. You see, you can tell the moisture content in honey based on its color. So this color, it's a low moisture content. This is good honey. You can also tell because when you turn it upside down, it takes a little while for that bubble to reach the top. I know also that it's raw honey. This is not pasteurized, you can tell for several reasons. One of which is, if you look at the very bottom, there's crystallized honey on the bottom. That's how you know it's unpasteurized. It's never been heated above 139 degrees. This is good honey. You can actually see the part of a bee inside this honey. I can smell this honey, and I can tell you that it smells good. But to know the honey, Mm. to know the honey, you got to taste it. And I cannot describe to you how sweet it is. All I can do is plead with you and say, taste it for yourselves. And then you'll know. But you got to taste it. So please, know Christ Jesus. Because there will come a day when you will meet him. And when you do, you do not want that moment to be a surprise. You wanna see him and say, I've never seen you before, but I've heard that voice. Oh, I know you and you are exactly as I thought you would be, because I know you. But nobody else can tell you unless you taste And see that He is good. And every day know Him more and press into Him. Because He is the summit and He is the source. He is the beginning and He is the end. He is the alpha and He is the omega. He is the cornerstone and He is the capstone. He is all in all. And only you can know Him. So know Him. Taste Him see that he is good because I can't describe it to you but oh I want you to taste what I have tasted to know him how I know him that is worth pressing forward to that is worth joy and persecution for that is worth suffering that is worth weakness in order that I might know him it's worth it all Cast off all that is not him and press on into him every single day. And when the enemy comes at you with other things in order to fight against you, knowing Christ Jesus, overcome because it is worth it, daily climb that hill. Daily press into the summit and that will be for you the source of all that you need. Know Christ He is your cornerstone. He is your capstone. He is your all in all. And everything else flows from him. Would you stand with me today? Oh, that you would love him today. Oh, that you would know him today. He calls to you. Learn to live freely and lightly. Keep company with me. Know me. He is your cornerstone. Let's worship him.